Good morning. So, everyone either in their own life has encountered some difficult moment, moments of, uh, of stress, of trauma even, or even if Baruch Hashem you may not have, unfortunately everyone at least knows someone that may, that may have experienced such things. And there's a, there's a wonderful story in the parasha this week. Sefer Bamidbar is full of stories. These, these, there are, like we said it the other day, it's not just stories. Each one is picked, is chosen for a reason. But there's a, there's a story in the parasha this week, one of the many, which sheds light and gives a beautiful insight on how to deal with challenges and with issues that come up, which can cause a person, can leave a person uh, confused, lost, and sometimes uh, traumatic. Um, it's, uh, once again, the Jewish people complain. And the, after they complain, Hashem this time gets very upset. It didn't, doesn't happen so often just because of their complaint. But they complained. And Hashem decides that He's going to send poisonous snakes um, to the Jewish people. And these poisonous snakes are going to start killing them. And they, they uh, bite, bite the Jews. And each Jew that bites is poisonous snake. And the, the, just the, the bite from the snake can cause the person to die. And the Jewish people realize they do something wrong. So they come to Moshe. And they tell Moshe, please daven for us. We realize that we did something wrong. So Hashem says to Moshe, and this is one of the most famous things, that uh, it, it represents the medical world. Is this a pickle? Um, it's a symbol in the medical world, and the origin of it is right here, where Hashem tells Moshe to take a stick, and on the stick to carve out um, around the stick a snake, and place it on a pole, on a lar, on this tall pole, and every, tell the Jewish any Jew which was uh, bitten by a snake to come and look at this pole, and when they look at the pole, they will become better. That's how the story goes. Maisha went, and it says interestingly that he made a snake out of copper. Rashi explains Hashem didn't tell him to make it out of copper. But Maisha says lashin leifal alashin that a nachash. Hashem told him to make. Hashem didn't even tell him to make a nachash. He told him to make a saraf. But uh, nachash to make a snake, similar to the word nachashes. So Maisha made it out of copper. Um, this is how the story goes, and actually it became a symbol, it became an icon. This this pole with the snake around it. To the extent that many years later, um, we find that it was Chizkiyo. Um, eventually, this, it took the snake and destroyed it. He destroyed, he, cr- he crushed the pole and the snake because people were using it as a Vaidazar. People were using it in the wrong way. And uh, so, this is a story and it's an interesting one. And obviously, the question is how in the world can looking at a snake heal you? Is it some weird miracle that God wanted to perform, He could have just healed everyone. Right? What's looking at the snake? So I'm not the first person to ask the question. You know the answer? What's the answer? Beautiful. Very good. Very good. Do you remember where you saw that? Or where you heard that? Okay. So I'll show you right here. It's, Rashi brings it on the Pasuk from a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. And the Gemara asks this question. It's source 2. Does a snake kill people or, or keep people alive? Obviously, you know God does. So what's the idea of the snake? The idea of the snake is, Ella, Bizman, Shishom, Mistaklam, Klapi, Maila, 
When people look upwards, looking upwards would remind them to, that there's a God above. And when they would uh, focus on uh, themselves and zone in to the God above, which is the one that gives them life, that would cause them to be healed. The love, people... Uh, well, that's what it was supposed to be. People took it the wrong way. Didn't God curse the snake because of what he did with the with Eve yes. when he yes, told good. her to take the, to take the apple off the tree yes. or whatever? He he made sure he he, he crawls on it, on his stomach. Yes, it's a, it's a, it, that makes it very interesting. We're using the snake. Okay. Okay. Um, if he lets, he usually lets them out. Hey, Mendel? Okay. So what's this idea of the snake? And uh, let's see how long he'll last. Um, so the, it's, it's very interesting. And obviously there's something lying beneath the story here, a deep message for us, which can help us understand the idea of the snake. Because, yeah, obviously we want everyone to look up to God and realize that God's the source of everything, right? But why the snake here? Why does the snake accomplish that? Um, and why in this interesting way, put it on a pole and look up and everyone look at the snake? So here's the insight that uh, perhaps can help us understand it and be a very practical message to us in life. What's interesting here is the snake was actually the thing that harmed them. The snake was the actual thing that harmed them, right? And we're taking the snake, God wants Moshe to take the snake, which is causing them harm, causing them the pain, take that same snake and put it on the pole, and that's the snake that's going to remind them of healing. And it's going to bring them healing. It's not, by, it's not random. God, for, for some reason, there's a message lying, lying beneath the story here, where God wanted that the actual object, the actual tool which caused them harm should be the tool which brings them healing. And it's a very, it's, it's, the, the message is obvious and something that uh, people, if you go to many uh, psychologists, therapists, uh, they, they all uh, sometimes use this method. I forgot what it's called. Our psychiatrist uh, left for, for a couple weeks. Um, about uh, where, where sometimes when someone goes through a, through a traumatic experience, they, they run away from it and they, you lock it up. You lock it up inside of you in a way that you, you cause yourself to forget it. Um, and it's a mechanism. It's a mechanism that the body builds um, to be able to cope with it, to be able to handle what happened to them. And sometimes the only way to heal the person... Suppression and denial. Suppression and denial. Sometimes the only way to heal the person is by having them go back to that traumatic experience. Having them to go back to that same to that same thing that happened and confront it and heal themselves from it while it's right in front of them. Because that's the only way they can get it out of their system. Otherwise, they can put band-aids on it, they can try to ignore it, but they're not dealing with the issue. The issue still is going to be locked up on the, somewhere, in, somewhere inside of them, and the only way to, to deal with it and get rid of it is actually to deal with it directly and confront it. And it's a concept that exists in the way, and there's a method, I forgot what the method's called, a specific method where people were, where they do that with the, with the person. EMDR? 
What is that? What does it stand for? There's a term. There's a term that I would ring a bell because I remember it. No, it's it's like going back to the. Okay, but the this is exactly what's going on here, and deeper than that. Meaning you have that in the, in the way they use it, but Torah obviously it's a step deeper, and that is that everything that happens to us is with a reason. Everything that happens to our person, there's something, some point of growth in a person's life that he's meant to get out of that experience. And not always do we realize it. Not always do we, do we see it in an open way. And it's... And what, what's going on here is that the message we're telling the person is that the actual thing that happened to you may seem like a negative thing. It may seem like a negative moment in your life. But that negative moment could only have positivity in it. Because if God brought it to you, there must be something positive about it. If God brought it to you, God is the most loving person in the world, so to speak. Right? That God is teva hatoiv lehetiv. God is the ultimate good. And therefore, anything that comes from heaven is good. Right? It's part of our belief. And if something happened, which may seem negative, you cannot run away from it. You cannot walk away from that moment until you discover the positivity and goodness that lies within that, that moment. And, and it's very powerful. Meaning it's much deeper than the way they use it in, the, in, their, in their system to heal people. What it's telling the person is that yes, that anything that happened, there's something positive and good within it and some point of growth that it's supposed to give you. And that's the only reason why it must have happened. Now, if a person may try to find that growth, won't find it. Sometimes we'll never find it. Sometimes, it's the, the, like Kabbalah explains, that the good which is within it is so powerful and strong that it's hard to see. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for us to see because, it's so, because of how powerful it is. Um, we only see and see things only to a certain level. Um, but within each thing that happens is something great, positive, and godly. And this is the message that Hashem is telling the people here. By having them look up at the snake, Hashem is telling them you need to find, you need to find how within that snake, within the actual thing that caused you the harm, find the positivity within it. And that's what looking up at heaven means. You have inside yourself. That's what you really have inside yourself. Yeah, you have to dig deeper inside yourself because of that moment. This is very briefly. It's hard to focus properly. I want blueberries. Blueberries? Okay. So this is, and there's a beautiful muscle which I want to tie this into from the Zoyar, that the Zoyar brings about the Yetzirah. The Zoyar brings to the Yetzirah again. The Zoyar asks this question, could God have created something so evil? Right? Well, how could something so evil be, be, be created by God? Something that, that its whole purpose is only to distract us, to pull us away from the truth, to make a sin. How can God have created such a thing? So the Zoyar gives a beautiful mashal. So what's the idea? So the Zara brings a beautiful marshal and the Zara says that it's like a king that had a son and he loved his son so much, his son was loyal to him and he wanted to prove his son's loyalty. So what did he do? He, um, he, he had a, a, a prostitute, a zayna, and he told this woman that her job is to get her son to sin, to get, her son to, to get his son to sin, and to persuade him, to seduce him, to get him to sin. 
And this, uh, she's dealing with the prince, the prince of the empire, of the country, right? And here, so the, the designer herself, the prostitute herself, obviously does not want the person to sin. But that's her job. Her job is to make him sin. So she does her job with loyalty, as the king wants, trying to get the son to sin. And the son stays strong and does not, uh, be, is not persuaded by her and be, stays loyal to his values and proves to the king that he is, that he is indeed a righteous, loyal, and, and good son. This is the muscle the Zayar gives us. I'm saying it very briefly. The Zayar elaborates on it there, saying that the Zayar, no, there's nothing wrong. She's doing her job. This is the job that the king gives her. Her job, is, and it's for a purpose, for a purpose to challenge the person, to bring out, to, ha- to help them reach a stronger place inside of themselves, to make them stronger, to help them grow. This is, and this is the beautiful uh, way how the Zayar um, depicts the evil and the negativity that exists in the world. It's, all, it's there as a tool to help us grow. As a, as a point of growth, this is very brief. But this is the idea of the snake here. Showing the snake is showing you how you can take the actual thing which, ca- which, which seems to be causing you to uh, negativity, to use it as healing. This is a beautiful insight also in the idea of Zdoinus Nasulek Kazachias. It's a famous Gemara. The Shlakish says that, uh, not only, that through tshuva, through tshuva me'av, through a proper form of tshuva, you can not only cause that sins can be perceived as something which was a mistake, but sins, intentional sins, can be understood as something which is um, a merit for you. How can a sin turn into a merit? Even the, the Marsha asks, we're, we're rewarding a sinner. The idea is that through strong, for a person's strong introspection, a person really working on themselves, they can find how every moment in their life was a, was a, a step in their growth. And when they come to discover that and treat it as that, then every moment, in every negativity, lies something positive. And I'm in it, okay? And I'm in it. So this is, and I want to share with you a story that just happened to me two days ago, because this is what we preach, and I'm in it. Is, so the, trying to find how every moment that happens to you, we say this more in the context of Ashkacha Pratis, but seeing how something which may seem as a negative thing, may seem as bringing something that you don't want, can really be bringing out something greater that you would have never come across before without this happening. And that is, um, two days ago, I took an eighth grade class to Tampa, to Bush Gardens, and uh, to our luck, it's in the summer, and there was pouring rain. Um, and they, uh, they decided the park was going to close. They were even giving rain checks for people to come back, to come back a different day, because they didn't know if the rides were going to open. And these kids, it's the graduation trip. And you could imagine how they were feeling. They had a very good attitude. But I had with me, I take with me wherever I go, I had with me a pair of tefillin. And I told the boys, there must be, we, we got to find, we got to do something about this. So they went around asking literally everyone in the park if they're Jewish and if they put on tefillin. And they, we found someone, two people. One 64-year-old. I Okay. A 64-year-old that never put on tefillin in his life. He introduced himself as Five Chaim. Five Chaim. You can imagine his name is Five Chaim. He says he's a conservative Jew. He had a bar mitzvah, but he doesn't remember ever putting on tefillin. And he, um, he, we put tefillin on him. We danced with him. We, the kids, it was a great experience for them. We turned uh, a, a rainy day into, like they say, making a lemonade out of lemons, right? Um, and that was one. Another one was a worker in the park. That uh, it was a, a big ashkacha protest because we are, we, basically the kids came up with, 
well, if, we're, if it's raining, the rides are eventually going to open. Let's go to a ride. It'll be the first on line. And this way, as soon as it opens, we'll get on the ride right away. We won't have to wait in line. So we did that. We're waiting in line. Finally, the, the well, there was covered. There was a cover. So we finally, finally, the ride opens. And punk, out of all the rides, the ride that we waited by, they had maintenance come and they, had to, they, test, they, they did a test run like twice on, it, on each ride before they let people go on it because of the rain. There was thunder, lightning. So they, um, and they needed maintenance to come. So our ride, they said, they said we, we, can't, um, we can't go. So all, all the other rides opened. So we had to leave and they gave everyone fast passes. So when you come back, you could skip the line. Eventually, we came back to the ride. And when we came back to the ride, that's when we skipped the line, and that's when we found the two workers. There were two workers there that weren't there before. They were both Jewish. One, unfortunately, said he was baptized and didn't want to consider himself um, a Jew. But the other one uh, was willing to put on the phone, and his, he went into his boss. I saw him going to the booth. He was trying to describe to them what we're doing, but he came out. And, the, and he put on the phone, and it was all because we waited on that line. If he would have went on the line earlier, we would have never been back. This is a 64-year-old. But this is the other person. Another person, two people. Yes. And so it was just, it's just a, I didn't see it in the rain, but it could be the whole reason why it, why it all happened. God, the Hashgacha Pratis is in order for, this, for, for us to meet these Jews. The Kakafta, it's a beautiful thing to put phone on someone that's 64-year-old and never put on the phone before. Um, and this is uh, just a, this is the lesson from here. The turn, the actual snake, which is bringing you the harm, can sometimes be the healing. And the, the, it's a deeper look that we have to look into everything that happens to us in life. Um, okay. Have a wonderful day.